0: Here is Dr. Arnold with today's message.
1: My soul that night. See, when I believe that what Christ did on the cross, He paid for all of my sins that I did. Everything I've ever done, from the time I'm born to the time I died, Christ paid for it. And He was the only one that could deliver me from the law because He took all my sins and paid my sin debt. Now the law can never touch Him. The law cannot condemn him. Why? Because he doesn't have a sinful nature. He can't sin. Why? Because when he trusted Christ as Savior, my second birth, that was born of God, and God has no sinful nature. God doesn't sin. And if he has no sinful nature, it can't sin, and if it can't sin, it can't die. Can this one die? Yes. This one cannot die. That's why when Jesus was at the funeral of Lazarus and he told Mary, he says, if a man believe in me, he shall never die. But if he die, yet shall he live. And without the understanding of the true nature, you can't really explain what he's talking about. You won't really get it. So now this new birth is born of God. It has a divine nature, a nature like God's. And he cannot sin. So he's totally incapable of committing one single sin. That's why in the book of 1 John chapter 3 and verse 9, whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. All right, now which one of these births up here is born of God? This one. (laughs) Appreciate the help. In case you didn't get it, he does. So this one over here is born of God. The one that's born of God cannot commit sin because the seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. This one still sins. This one cannot. So this one can't live divinely, and this one can't live a sinful life. You've got two extremes living inside of your one body. Now, if you understand this, it can go a long way and help you to understand. So when people come along and say, well, if you are a real Christian, You're not going to want to go out here and do all those bad things. Look at the illustration. When God gave me my new birth, he did not change the old one. He didn't do anything to my flesh birth. You see, when I looked into the mirror and I was ugly, and then when I got saved, I was still ugly. (laughs) Only an illustration. It's only an illustration. So now, because I have trusted Christ as my Savior, I'm a child of God. But I have these two births living inside of me. I am the one that decides, will I walk in the flesh or will I walk in the spirit? And if I walk in the spirit, then I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if I walk in the flesh, I can't be walking in the spirit. So God lays it out in the Scripture so you'll know what is the works of the flesh and what is the fruits of the Spirit. See, fruit is something that grows, and these are the works of the flesh. When you separate these two, you can get a better picture and understand this. And if I walk in the Spirit, that doesn't annul my flesh. He's still there. So let's say, for example, 10 years from now, you know, I'm not sure I'm saved. I got questions and doubts whether I'm really saved. Well, how do I know I'm saved? Well, I can feel the Spirit. No. I know I'm saved because his Spirit bears witness with my Spirit that I'm a child of God through the Word of God. How do I know I'm a child of God? Because God says I am. So when I trusted Christ as my Savior, He gave me eternal life, and I was born into God's family. So in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter 2, and verse 19, it makes the statement about us. Having this seal, the foundation of God standeth sure. Having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. If God has a child, does God know his children? He makes a statement in the book of Matthew chapter 7, when some claim to be his children, he says, depart from me, you wicked. I know you not. I never knew you. But he does know his children. And whenever you say, I'm not sure I'm saved, Well, God knows whether you are or not. And I go by what the Word of God says. And God says He'll never cast me out. Never. He'll never lose me. And He can't forsake me. So I am always a child of God once I trust Christ as my Savior. But if I will feed my faith, my doubts will starve to death. But if I feed my doubts, then my faith will starve to death. So if you want to be a strong Christian then the Bible says, as a child of God, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow thereby and become a strong child of God by reading the word of God and doing what God wants you. to." And so if you do what God says do, God says, I'll bless you when you get to heaven. I'm going to reward you. I'll bless you here, reward you there. So that's a choice that I got to make. So I decided years ago, if I walk in the flesh, God's going to have to chasten me. But if I walk in the spirit, God's going to bless me. What do I want? Do I want God's blessings or do I want God's whoopings? You want God's blessings? See there? Smart kid. Now, this is why once you understand this, you'll understand that can I, as a child of God, can I live as I please and get away with it? Not get away with it. But can I live as I please? I can make a choice. I can choose the flesh, and I can choose the spirit. But remember this. I'm still a child of God if I never do anything for God. I'm still a child, and I'll go to heaven whenever I die. But God says he wants to bless me here and reward me. So what am I going to get rewards for? For what he does? No. I'm going to get rewarded because of what I do because I serve the Lord. Now, I might use this body over here. But I can't let his sinful nature determine what I do. That's why he says, you are not under the law. You're under grace. You see, when I was a lost man, that was my position. I was lost, child of the flesh, going to hell. So when I trusted Christ as my Savior, he gave me a new position. This new position is that I'm a child of God going to heaven. So how does God see me? Well, he sees me over here. God no longer sees me over here. That's not my position. I'm no longer a lost man. I am a saved man. So this is how God sees me. He sees me over here. He sees me in the Spirit. So that is my position in the Lord. Not the flesh, but the Spirit. So when you read that in the Scriptures, you'll know this this belongs here and this, this, this belongs there, and it'll make more sense to you. Thank y'all. Y'all can go heaven and see. Give him a big hand. Now you'll notice that we have many of these things that I just talked to you about right here in the scripture. Now let me just give you a simple illustration that I've done before, and it has to do with um, Mr. Law, Mr. Love. Mr. Law, Mr. Love, and it helps you to understand it by the book of Romans in chapter 7. And I have those notes printed right out there in these scriptures. So on page 3, page 3, you will notice that on page 3, there's a statement in the middle, all the lost, that's the flesh, are under the law. All the lost people are under the law. They're in the flesh. That's how God sees them. And the law condemns them. And so that's why the Bible says, uh, he that believeth in me is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned when? You're already condemned. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God, John chapter 3, verse 18. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, you're no longer condemned. You're no longer condemned. Now, this is why this verse in Romans chapter 3, verse 19, right there in your notes, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it's safe to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. That's the flesh birth, the first birth. Everybody born into the world, you're already condemned. You're not going to be condemned. God doesn't have to wait until you lived your whole life to find out if you're going to be condemned or not. You don't have to wait till you die to find out what the judge is going to say. He's already said it. You're already condemned. It's already hopeless except through Christ. Now, look at the next statement. All believers, spirit birth, are under grace. See, look up here. This first birth, under the law, condemned, sinful, gonna die. The new birth is under grace because you were saved by by grace. In other words, you didn't deserve it. Unmerited. So this new birth, now the moment you believe, you're born into God's family. Well, that means the moment you believe you're born into God's family, a new birth, it has no sinful nature. Is it perfect? The day he was born, he was born perfect. So it doesn't matter when he dies. He'll be free from this body. When he dies, he's free from this body and he will be with the Lord. So if you have to be perfect to go to heaven, the flesh is not perfect. Never has been perfect. Will not be made perfect. God gave you a new birth. This one is perfect because the day you trusted the Lord, you were considered a child of God. And this child of God, without a sinful nature, is perfect. It's good to go. So if you died, the moment you trusted Christ as your Savior, you go to heaven. If it's 10 years later and you die, where would you go? If you died 100 years from now, where would you go? Now, does that mean that Christians don't still sin? If I sin, which one of these is doing the sinning? That's the first birth. Because a new birth can't sin. So all of God's children go to heaven. None of God's children are doing the wrong. That's why Paul made the statement. In the book of Romans, and I want you to look at this very quickly. Look over there in the book of, yeah, Romans chapter 7. Romans in chapter 7. And look at verse 15. You will see that this is uh, right out of God's Word from the Apostle Paul after he had been saved about 25 years. And he realized the great truth that when he wanted to do right, evil was present with him. So look in verse 15. For that which I do I allow not. In other words, he doesn't give himself permission to do it, but he does it anyway. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I can send unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good if I am not? For the good that I would, I would do not, and the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that what I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Isn't that clear? He said, well, what's he talking about? He says, I've got two births. One's a flesh, one's a spirit. When I don't want to do right, evil is present with me. And so that's the battle that you go through. Your biggest enemy is not the devil. Your biggest enemy is not your neighbor. Your biggest enemy is not your wife or your husband. It's that old man that lives inside of you, that old nature that you have. That fills you with envy and jealousy and bitterness and the lust of the flesh, the lust of the world. So he says here in verse 18, For I know that in me, that is in my what? In my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me. The desire to do right. See, look up here. I'm only one person. I got two natures. The desire to serve God is present. I want to do it. But how do I perform when I want to and I don't want to? Have you found that battle in your life yet? You want to go to church and you don't want to go to church and you want to witness and you don't want to witness and you want to do right and you don't want to do right? None of y'all had that problem, huh? (laughs) So when you do, what do I do about it? How can you have victory? And I've used this illustration. I'll do it again very quickly. There's the boxing ring. And in this corner, Mike Tyson, ever heard of him? He eats on ears. Over here, we have this newborn child of God. And they're in the same boxing ring inside of this body. There's a boxing ring. And over here in this corner, Mike Tyson, over here in this corner, where is he? Oh, there he is, that little child of God. And this little child of God, God says, look. He's been in this ring a long time, but I'm giving it to you. Now, you go take it. Now, you may have a a little problem. How does this little child go up against a Mike Tyson and have victory? And most of God's children never have victory in their Christian life because he's too big, he's too scary, he intimidates, and he boss, and he says, I was here first. Make me leave. And you got your hands full. And many Christians never have any victory. But whenever, whenever he was born and put in that little ring inside of that body, God also gave him the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is living with him inside of this ring. And he knows how to deal with old Mike Tyson. So he says, look, you just, here's the word. In my word, you read it and study it, I'll teach you how to have victory over him. And if you do what I say do, you can win. But without me, you can do nothing. And many of God's children accomplish nothing in the Christian life because they're always down, always defeated. Oh, no, it's a bad day. Nobody loves me. Well, when you get down in the mouth, just think of Jonah. He came out all right. So here you are, and you've got the Holy Spirit. Now, you can walk in the Spirit. That means walk in obedience to the Holy Spirit, As he teaches you the Word of God, and through the Word of God, he will teach you how to fight, how to stand, what to do, what not to do, how to take possession of this ring. And he said, don't let sin have dominion over you. And you'll have him struggling against you all your life until you leave that body. Now, if the rapture takes place, God changes the body. But if he doesn't, you're going to have to fight it until the day you die. And the Bible tells us how to have this victory in our life. That's why he makes the statement here. Look there in verse 18. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, and the evil which I would not, that I do how in the world am I supposed to have any victory in this thing? In verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? Here I am, and I've got this body with a sinful nature. Lord, how am I going to have victory with this flesh that I've got? And so he gives us a choice here. In verse 24, verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the Lord of God but with the flesh, the law of sin. See, what controls the body? The mind. So that's why when you study the Word of God, you renew the mind. And the mind controls the body. So the only way you can have victory over the body and its sinful nature is to renew your mind with the Word of God. Do you all understand what I'm saying? You can follow this. Because it will help you tremendously. Now, While we're right here in the book of Romans, I want you to take and look there in chapter 6. Chapter 6. Very quickly, it shows you there in chapter 6. Look in verse 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then, shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? No, just because God sees me here, I don't have to let my sinful nature have dominion over my life. That's why he says down here in verse 16, Know ye not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants you are, to whom you obey whether sin and the death or of obedience and the righteous. It's your choice. You can be free or you can be a slave. I can let this old man with his old nature and walk in the flesh. And if I walk in the flesh... I'm going to have the results of walking in the flesh. And that's why a lot of Christians are totally miserable in this life because they will not walk in the Spirit. They walk in the flesh, they fulfill the lust of the flesh, and they wonder why their life is such a mess spiritually. So take your Bible and turn all the way over there to the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians in chapter 5. Those were just my introductory remarks. So here in Galatians and chapter 5, look again in verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. After I'm saved, do I still have the lust of the flesh? Yes, because I still got my old sinful birth. That's the old man. And so walk in the spirit, that means walk not as a child of God, listening to what the Holy Spirit Word teaches me from the Bible. So if I will do that, I can have some success in my life, some victories. Now, God is going to reward you when you get to heaven for everything you did by walking in the Spirit, by walking in obedience to the Word of God. So it is important for God's children to learn God's Word. Because you cannot know the will of God unless you know the Word of God. So anytime I tell you, I want to teach you the Bible... Eh, I don't need that. I don't need that. It's costing you. Any knowledge you don't learn from the Word of God is going to cost you sometime, somehow, some way down the road. Ignorance of the Word of God is not going to be bliss. Because you say, I want to please the Lord. Well, this is what pleases God faith. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the um, Word, of Word of God. So that's why when you come to church, Our Sunday school classes and all that, all our Sunday school classes ought to be packed with people hungry because you want to walk in the Spirit. You want God's blessings upon your life because if you're not, you can be so easily deceived because he, He deceives. He'll trick you. He'll lie to you. And next thing you know, you're walking in the flesh and you won't even know it because if you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. True? Now, if you go down through here and you see some of these, all these bad things, that's the flesh. That's the first birth. But look in verse 21, after you've seen all those bad things from verse 19, 20, and 21. Envying, murder, drunkenness, reveling, such like, all the which I tell you before, as I told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. All right, look up here. Which one of these do all of these bad things? That's the flesh. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. But see, when you don't understand this, ah, see this, if you ever get angry and bitter and you committed adultery and fornication and they name all this, see that you can't go to heaven. He wasn't going to heaven in the first place. This is the one that's going to heaven. I wish preachers understood this because they're messing up a lot of people all over the world. And they talk about they're preaching the gospel. They're not preaching the gospel. They're not preaching the good news. This is good news. It's when you know you have eternal life. You know you're a child of God. You know you're going to heaven. I don't have to wait till I die to find out where I'm going. I've known it for 59 years. It was the best news I've ever heard in my life. Look down at the bottom of your page. The last line I put it in bold. Under the law is a position a positional truth for the unbeliever. Under grace is a positional truth for the believer. So the Child of God, born of God, was saved by grace. He didn't do anything to deserve it. Now, because he is free from the law, free from that old man, and free from death, all he has to do is live under grace. Why would a child of God ever want to go back under the law? Doesn't make any sense. And yet, that's what the whole book of Galatians is about. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. And the wallet represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. Now he hates our sin, but he loves us. And because he loves us, but we live in a body that's got a no sinful nature. And because we sin, we're all going to die. We're going to be eternally separated from God. And God says to go to heaven, you have to be perfect. If you've got to be perfect, nobody qualifies. We've all sinned and come short of God's glory is short of God's perfection. That's why nobody can save themselves. That's why they tell people, you know, you need to live a better life, and you've got to stop all these bad things and promise to do these good things. That's it if you're trying to save yourself. But God already says, it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Nobody can save themselves. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord God in the flesh. Came into the world because He loves us, hates our sin. And so that's why He says, because I can't get to him, he can't get to me. He did something about it by taking the sins of the whole world, paid for the sins on the cross, came back from the dead and said, if I would believe he did it for me, he would put this payment to my account, and I go to heaven. Why? Because all my sins are paid. Why can't I go to heaven today? Because I don't have any sins to pay for. Well, what about tomorrow? I still don't have any sins to pay for. What about 100 years from now? I still will not have any sins to pay for. Why? Because Christ died for my sins. Why did he pay for my sins? Because he didn't want me to do it. And if he did me any favors, paying for all my sins but one didn't help me. So he didn't pay for all of them or didn't he need to do it at all? Because I cannot pay for one of my sins and escape hell. But by trusting what Christ did on the cross for me, he gives me as a free gift everlasting life. So whenever I was born into God's family, that very moment I trusted Christ as my Savior. Now, all of this that I'm telling you right now, I didn't understand any of this. All I knew was when I was 18 years old, I'm a sinner, and I'm going to hell. But Christ paid for my sins. And if I trust Him as my Savior, give me eternal life, and I'll become a child of God. And I understood that. 1960, just a couple of years back. Now I know that I'm going to heaven. And I'm so glad I got into studying the word because now I understand more about what God did. And the more I learned, the more dedicated I wanted to be. And the more I learned, the more I loved him. And love will cause you to do a lot more things for the Lord than law ever could. I don't serve the Lord to go to heaven. I don't have to. You see, I'm a child of the king. I'm royal blood. I'm going to heaven when I die. This world is not my home. I'm just... Passing through, just like the rest of you. Let's pray, shall we? With heads bowed and eyes closed and no one looking around. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, friend, would you trust Him right now? You say, I never understood this before. Now I get it. And I want to trust the Lord. I want to be certain of going to heaven when I die and preach. I'd like you to pray for me. I'm going to ask you, friend, if you'll do me a favor. I'm not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you, not going to have you walk the aisle, but right where you're sitting, if what I said made sense to you, I want you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand doesn't save you. It just lets me know that what I said made sense to you. And I'd like to have prayer for you. And if you're watching on the Internet, right on the screen says, yes, I'll trust Christ as my Savior. If you are trusting the Lord right now, and you've never done it before, would you do it? Let me know. So it his bowed and eyes closed, anyone at all before we close say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior this morning. I want to be certain of going to heaven when I die. And preach. I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you just slip it up very quickly, put it right back down, anyone at all? Anyone at all? If you've already trusted Christ, you never have to do it again. But if you haven't, this is the only way you'll get to heaven, is by trusting in him and him alone. Father, we thank you again for your blessings. Thank you for all you do for us. And thank you, Father, for these two darling little boys that were able to be used as an illustration. We know them, we love them, and we want them, Father, to not only know you as their Savior, but to serve you with all their heart. We thank you for their mom and their dad. We pray, Lord, for great wisdom concerning the budget that's coming up and for the congregational meeting and, and for the elders and the deacons and just a lot of things. We commit these things to you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
0: Would take my place. Is it possible to trust Christ as my Savior without making him Lord of my life? Is it true that if Christ is not Lord of all, he is not Lord at all? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 Westwaters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or write by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Jesus is coming, so keep looking up. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast.